The call on the ice stands. We got a goal. Loving these kids. I want to adopt them. How's that? I want to clean them up and raise them as my own. What's up, Squid Squad? You're listening to the Squid Pod. I'm Dan Morse. This is my brother Jeremy. How's it going, eh? Welcome to episode three, the Russell Wilson episode. That's right. Hey, Jeremy, what position would Russell Wilson play if he played hockey? Ooh, that is a good question. I mean, Russ, if Russ was a hockey player, he would he would have to be a center, right? He would have I to I would say a center. He's going to he's going to drive the play. He's going to be He's going to he's going to take component. the faceoffs. He's yeah. going to take the faceoffs. He's going to be, you know, he's you know, I, I I mean, I hate to say it, he's a little undersized to be a defenseman. <laughs> um which <laughs> Which makes me think wow. he would probably play defense just because everyone would tell him he's too small to be a defenseman. So, yeah. Also, with that arm, I kind of would would contribute that to he'd have a he'd have a clapper, he'd have a big old slap shot. So, <laughs> he uh, he might be a maybe an offensive defenseman, maybe an Ethan Bear type um, uh-huh. defenseman. But I think I would probably say he'd most likely be a center. What do you think? I probably agree with a center. He's going to take the face off. Although a sleeper. Maybe he'd want to be a goalie because a goalie is the only position that's on the ice for 60 minutes, and he's not going to want to come off the ice. Then again, I don't yeah. think he'd be a very good goalie. <laughs> yeah, so, goalies are yeah. weird. <laughs> You're right. He's not. He's not weird enough. Luke Wilson would be like is more like a, like the goalie personality. Luke, that's a good goalie. There you go. Yeah, just you know doing techno dances in the crease while the while the puck's on the other end of the ice. I could see Luke Wilson being a goalie. Yeah. All right. There we go. That's our football talk for the day. Moving on to (laughs) hockey. What's on your mind in hockey, in the hockey world, Jeremy? I, uh, well, I mean, I guess this is hockey related. What happened? You told me something. What happened to Braden Holpe? All I heard was he, (laughs) he was stuck at the border with some, he was, he had some pet turtles. I don't know if he was picking them up, if he was purchasing them, if he was just traveling with them, but and then I saw his wife tweeting all kinds of stuff about it. Do you know what happened with uh, with Braden Holpe? So Braden Holpe, for those who don't know, he's the goaltender of the Vancouver Canucks. Just signed him recently. So And a two-year deal, so he will very likely be a Seattle Kraken in the future. Braden Holpe had two tortoises, not turtles. <laughs> I, I, it's, probably important to, it's probably important to someone. Two tortoises. And... His wife, Brandy Holtby, tweeted out, Hey Twitter, does anyone have any sweet connections with federal fish and wildlife that could push some export papers along to get two happy tortoises across the border? Apparently, Braden Holtby was stuck at the border with two tortoises, unable to get across, because they only did an import permit to get into the Canadian side, but not an export permit to get him out of the American side. I don't know how long they were stuck. She tweeted that, on November 18th and on November 20th she tweeted welcome to Canada honey and maple which are the names of the tortoises she didn't really she didn't really make mention of Brayden coming home (laughs) that is hilarious do you know do you know where they were stuck were they like 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 were they going to Vancouver Were, were they at the peace arch I'm not sure. They could have been. I, I I have no information on which border crossing they were going for. No. Uh, do you know where? I don't know where Braden where the Holpies live because I they're Canadian, right? So. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Guessing he's I, just going. I, I don't know where where they're where where they where where he's from. So yeah, that's that's probably most likely wherever it was. But that is pretty funny. And I also <laughs> one of Braden Holpie now has his, his one of his tortoises shares a name with my daughter Maple. How about that? <laughs> It's a great name. It's solid. It's very, ni- it's very nice of you to name your daughter after a tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I will be telling her when she's old enough to understand. If anybody is concerned about the tortoises, you can see a picture of them on Brandy Holpe's Twitter that she posted yesterday. They're they're pretty adorable. <laughs> Those things are huge. Holy crap. You see, yeah. The one on the left, especially, is just he's tall. Is that what makes it? I've called a turtle tall before. 
now I see. Now I understand the tortoise thing that they're they're big. They're a lot bigger. Right? Like turtle, I was thinking much yeah. smaller. So they, that's probably yeah, a good thing things, you clarified. That is different than what big. I expected. They are tortoises. <laughs> Moving on. All right, let's get to some Kraken news. The Seattle Kraken gave a little bit of an update on the practice facility that's going in at Northgate. Uh, it looks like it's going in. The team rink is going in on in July this year, I believe. Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I saw an article uh, uh, the other a week or two ago. Um, it was up on NHL.com and on ESPN.com. They had given the media, um, they had given them a tour through, I think, both facilities. I think downtown and as well as the Northgate facility. Um, for those that don't know, so downtown Seattle Center is where Climate Pledge Arena obviously will be the greenhouse, home of the crack. The greenhouse. Um, but uh, <laughs> Northgate is where they're... Uh, the mall has been under construction for a couple of years now, and they're building their practice facility, the team headquarters, all the corporate offices. So um, that's where they'll they'll practice. They'll have training camp. Um, that's where you know I assume Ron Francis and all those other guys will be uh, having their having their meetings and everything. Um, apparently, that facility is on schedule to be open in July uh, this coming year, twenty twenty one. So the team ice will be ready, so they can have training camp whenever it'll start and. Um, I read there's going to be 1,200 seats that you'll be able to see the practice sheet on, including 200 from a pub, it says. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. That, that though, so according to the ESPN report, this July they're just going to have the team-centered facility, so locker rooms, um, at least one sheet of ice, training areas, front office space. Um, and it's probably going to be till next year that they get the rest of the public viewing area and everything like that. So, like right before we start or or so um but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be wild there's gonna be two extra ranks for community activities they'll let you do free skates there and probably play some uh some peewee hockey maybe even we'll get college hockey one day UW go division one play ASU right yeah hopefully I mean I I think that's a, a legitimate possibility down the road college hockey's trying to expand out west and Arizona State has had great success. They uh, they just joined the D1 ranks a couple of years ago, and they've already made the tournament. They've uh, they've had some good success, so it's good to see. We I would uh, I would love to go see some Division One college hockey games uh, at Northgate someday. And three rinks is is huge for the community too. I mean, uh, you know, amateur hockey where is expected to to grow exponentially once the team starts uh, with the excitement in the area. So it's good to have more ice, and um, it's the first. Ice and it's the first rink within Seattle city limits. There's no current sheet of ice or hockey rink for any amateurs or any any of us that uh, that still relive our glory days and go play beer league. There's no sheets for us. So I'm excited myself to one day get to hopefully go play play some beer league games and uh, down at the Northgate facility. Yeah, man, that is wild that there's no sheets of ice in Seattle city limits. But I do remember when Vegas they got their team. Huey hockey rates like skyrocketed. They went up a lot, so I'm sure they're going to go up here too. It seems to happen every time. I mean, it makes sense. Speaking yeah. of Arizona State, no, you go ahead. I was going to say also, uh, Snow King. They also have a new rink that they're opening up. I don't know. I think it's opening September, or it might already. But I know they they built, at, they, they just built at? a brand new rink in Snoqualmie. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. two sheets of ice out there, so there's definitely lots of ice, and it's going to be good to, uh, to get, get good for the kids. Yes, it's going to be awesome. What were you saying about Arizona State? Speaking of Arizona State, did you see the new jerseys? I did. I like them. I think they're fun. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> All right, well, while we're on the topic of jerseys, the NHL, the biggest news in the NHL this past couple of weeks were that they released the reverse retro jerseys for all 31 NHL teams. So this is like the first time that they that every NHL team has re released a jersey at the same time. And they're all sort of themed as, I think it's looking in the past with an eye to the future or something like that. So it's a, a futuristic twist on a, a traditional jersey from their past. So did you have a favorite among them? Yeah, I, it's really cool. We touched on this on the last pod. We kind of talked about some of the things we had seen and the speculation. So it's cool that now they've all been released. Yeah, if you if you happen to, yeah. I definitely suggest you go do a Google search and look up the jerseys. They're they're pretty cool. Most of them are, most of them are pretty well done. There's a couple stinkers, but we'll start with the we'll start with the good ones. My 
My personal favorite is the Kings. The Los Angeles Kings went back to uh, the logo they used in the 90s um, when they had Gretzky. Uh, the, the black and silver was their jersey scheme back then. But they are using their old purple and yellow scheme from back in the 70s with their 90s logo. And I, that one that one came out really, really sharp. Personally, that was my my very favorite. How about you? Dude, I really want one of those Kings jerseys. They're sweet. They're sweet. I think, I think... I think my favorite is probably the the Avalanche, the Quebec Nordiques throwback. I mean, yeah. I was an Avs fan as a kid, so I'm a little bit biased there. But just like the maroon there, they got the little fleur-de-lis on the bottom and the Nordiques logo. It just looks so clean and so perfect. But, I mean, that Kings one, purple jerseys are just super underrated and underrepresented. So I'm glad to see that we got two purple jerseys this year. Two purple jerseys. The Coyotes two as well are going purple. And... Uh... A little bit of desert on the bottom of their jersey, too. That might be a little much on the bottom, but I like it because it's weird. And as we've said before, if you're making a fourth jersey, it's allowed to be a little weird because you're only going to wear it four or five times a year, you know? So, For sure. Yeah. For Get sure. weird with it. For sure. I uh, I do. The, the, the Avs Nordiques one came out so much better because, I mean, the old Nordiques jerseys were, you know, the logo was red with, like, the bright blue trim. And just by using their, yeah, like, the maroon and the teal, it actually looks really, really good. I also it saw a report. So this was, like, on just some random hockey page I follow, so it's not, I don't know if it's been confirmed. But the Avs are going to finally fix something that's bugged me for a long time. They're going to wear matching pants and helmets with their, like, blue teal next year instead of black helmets and black pants. Have you heard that? I did not hear that, no. But the pants and helmets thing never bugged me as much as it did you. <laughs> well, it just, for those, I mean, for those, if you see the Avs jersey, it's maroon, there's teal, there's gray. It's really clashing colors. I've never really liked the jerseys or the logo or the scheme myself. But it always bugged me that they wore black pants and helmets when there's not any black there's, anywhere else, anywhere on the entire universe. There's no black on the jerseys. And I know black goes with everything. they're going to fix it? Just, it's always bugged me. Yeah, so I saw a pit, and someone did a Photoshop of, like, Kale McCarr with it, and it looks, in my opinion, it looks at least better. Again, the colors don't go together okay. great, but but, uh, but either way, that Nordiques jersey did come out super awesome. It came out very clean. It looks it looks really, really good. Here's my here's my thing, though. I I like I like the jersey itself, but I, I have a bit of a problem with it being a Seattle native and a Seattle sports diehard. So, with the Avs using the Nordiques. The the Hurricanes are also doing a Whalers a Whalers retro. Um, they wore the Whalers ones the past season. They wore the green ones, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, they uh, went. Or they I went. think it was green. Yeah. I think it was green. But they wore a Whalers jersey this past season. Um, they moved from Hartford, which is well, he's home of the Whalers back in for a long time. Um, and now they're doing like a gray version. It looks pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of the Wolf Gray Seahawks, but for the for you know a hockey jersey, and it's it looks really good. Don't get me wrong. My only problem is, I one day still am assuming the Seattle Sonics are going to come back, especially once Climate Pledge is up and running. A couple years of the hockey team, yes. I imagine the first time an NBA team is on the move or the NBA decides to expand, Seattle's at the top of their list. But the say that doesn't happen for another 15 20 years at some point enough time passes where oklahoma city could in theory celebrate 25 years in oklahoma city with a sonics jersey because it's been so long that it just kind of falls by the wayside and i just i feel for the people of quebec where the nordiques you know were when they moved to colorado i feel for the people in hartford you know watching your jersey be worn in another city by a franchise I mean, and didn't Colorado win the Stanley Cup the year they moved or the year after they moved? Was it that soon? They moved? I think I, I looked this up. I think it was 95. And they, they moved? 93? I'm, pre I'm pretty sure they won in the 96 finals against the Panthers. Oh, um, that is rough. Yeah. Oklahoma City almost won pretty quick too, right? They got close. Oklahoma, Oklahoma City got close, but they have the Sonics curse to deal with. So they had, yeah. <laughs> you know, Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. But... Uh, <laughs> LeBron took care of business, but anyway, this isn't a this isn't a basketball pod. We're we're, we're a hockey pod, so we'll get back on we'll get back on track. We're a, we're what, a what Seattle hockey pod. It's okay. Well, that's true. What are your thoughts though on like the the Avs using you know the Nordiques logo and the the Hurricanes using the Whalers logo? You know, my heart goes out to 
hockey fans in Quebec, and hockey fans in Hartford who have to watch their jerseys or versions of their team's jersey go out and get played with the city that stole them from them because I would absolutely lose my mind if Oklahoma City played in Supersonics jerseys. But what do you think the other 29 NBA cities would think if they wore Supersonics jerseys? I think every fan would love it, and that's how I feel when I when I see a Whalers jersey or an Ordeaux jersey. They just look so cool. I'm sorry, Quebec. I'm sorry, Hartford. But your jerseys look great, and I'm glad to see them come back because those are just fantastic. That's a fair point. What uh, the, the the Jets should have done a, a Thrashers a Thrashers jersey from Atlanta. That would have been fun. <laughs> so I I guess I'm in the minority. I liked the Jets gray jersey. Nobody else seems to like that they went gray. And I did see a Photoshop. Somebody made it. Uh, light blue and they also made it red both those also look really good and i could see that but for some reason i like the gray that they went with but nobody else that seems to do you have a, a preference on that you know it's okay to me it looks like a jersey that i would buy at the team shop that isn't like an actual jersey that they wear on the ice <laughs> you know what i mean like you know how you like you go to yeah. the mariners the mariners games at safeco and there's like 60 iterations of the mariners hats in all kinds of colors and like it reminds me of like a jersey like that. Like it's it's cool. Like I don't I don't hate it. It just doesn't feel like an actual uniform like that I would expect. So I'll have to see it in action. You know, yeah. I'll have to see Nate Thompson put it on and get out there and show us how it's gonna look. But uh, but I yeah that that that's my only thing with it is I'm not I'm not really really super you know on board with that and kind of let's let's keep going in that direction. What are your what are your least favorites in the bunch? My least favorites. Yeah. Hang on a second. I ranked them all. Oh, you ranked them all. Oh, well, I didn't rank. I, I put them in tiers. I did a tier list. Make sure you share it on the, I'll do, on the, on the pod. I'll share it from the Squid Pod account. Yeah. But I did a tier list, and the Red Wings one is by far the worst. They didn't even try. Oh it's, just, it's, it's a white jersey with their normal logo, and they added three gray stripes, one on each arm and one around the waist, and that's it. They didn't, they didn't, they just didn't try. And I get that it's really difficult with the Red Wings because they're one of those really old teams. They've only got two colors. They're red and white. They don't have a third color. So there's not a whole lot you can do. But if you go and look at their Twitter feed when they announced their reverse retro jersey and look at the replies, there's so many fan-made reverse retro jerseys. And they're all, all of them are better than what they actually made. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at your tears right now, so I'll let you, you know where, where, where I disagree. <laughs> um, the Red Wings. I mean, I think we can agree. The Red Wings, and I knew you knew it was gonna be lame because the Red Wings have there's, their classic jerseys that they never. There's change. not a lot they can do. Yeah, but like, still, they could have done more than that. Could have done was, something. It's pretty. It's it's pretty brutal. Um, the Islanders are disappointing. I had to look it up to see what they actually changed Dude. on theirs. You know what they changed, I did right? Too. The, the the striping on their jersey yeah. on the on the sleeves swapped spots the white it's, and the orange it's right? flipped on the bottom and the sleeves it used to be I guess the white was on the bottom and the orange was on top and that's different that's it now I guess now they wear the royal blue instead of the navy and this is the navy that they had like a couple years ago. I don't know it the oil or the not the oilers the the islanders was a that's that's that was pretty lame I thought you know for a reverse retro I thought it was pretty lame um, well, it's because Lou Lamarello was boring and hates fun yeah that yeah. Poor, poor Matt Barzell. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, the, so one that I've seen people are pretty high on that I am personally not is the Buffalo yeah. one. The Buffalo Sabres. The Buffalo. I so, like the Buffalo one. They got their 90s logo, which they used to have the black and red. Um, but they got like mm -hmm. the, the swords as their main logo. The, the cross swords, the big circle. But um, I really hate that it says Buffalo on the bottom of it. Like on the waistband okay. stripe, it says the word Buffalo. I do not that like that. That part sucks. You're right. That part sucks. And the logo is so obnoxiously big. It's <laughs> it's just huge. Just The logo just looks huge on the jersey, and it looks a little cartoonish for me. Um, I just find myself I've, – I've had to think about it. I just – it's my gut reaction when I see it is I really just I – don't, I don't like it. I get that. The logo's big on a lot of these, though. If you look at them, like look at the the Panthers jersey, the the Ducks jersey is pretty big. <laughs> the Capitals one, all the logos on those are huge. Well, the Panthers one sucks. It is a big logo. That one sucks. Okay, I don't like lame. the Panthers one. Everybody seems to like the Panthers one. Really? Me. So I think I fig I think I figured out why I don't. 
the Florida Panthers, their whole logo color scheme, their whole aesthetic, I've never, I've just sort of been like, meh. And I think that's because I associate it with the team, which has always just sort of been kind of there. Yeah. Like, if, I, if I'm going to watch Florida hockey, it's going to be Tampa Bay. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Florida. You're just not that interesting. The the Ducks jersey is, it's using their, that's the logo from, like, that, that is cartoon something else. show. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty out there. <laughs> They they went for it. I like it. I like that they went for it. It's my, the best thing about the Ducks jerseys. The color scheme It's so much better than the color, their current color scheme. Their old one is just miles better. They got the teal, a little bit of purple, the white, versus their new one that's like just orange and brown. I don't know. It sucks. The new yeah. one, their normal color scheme sucks. They have so like I'm really glad they went that. They have like fall, like Halloween and Thanksgiving colors. As yeah, as which are team, great for Halloween or Thanksgiving, but they suck for a hockey team. <laughs> for a hockey jersey. Put like I, a skull or something on the cover and maybe it'll be better. <laughs> speaking speaking of holidays, I put up my uh, my Christmas lights today and this this devil's yeah. jersey is giving me the Christmassy feels. Ooh. It's the green and red. I uh, I'm a big fan of that one. So I've never been super big on the the green and the devils because i don't know the green and red it it really does just remind you of christmas but it's the christmas season so right now i love it (laughs) ask me again in february and i might not (laughs) i like that one oh you get and you get to see you wanted to see what the the canadians look like now you get to actually see a preview a little bit yes look like spokane chiefs jersey it looks sharp it looks sharp it does it looks really good they should keep that as an alternate because the canadians are another one of those really old teams traditional they don't want to change their jersey, but this is a very simple change. They swapped the blue and the red, made their main color blue and the striping red rather than the main color red and the striped blue, and it looks really good. They should yeah. keep that as an alternate for years to come. I don't see why yeah. not. I loved the uh, the Minnesota Wild when I first came out, and then someone put the Subway logo on it, <laughs> and now I don't hate it. I just I can't get it out of my head that it is the. It seems to be the exact shade of green Subway and yellow colors. that Subway uses. I went and I put the Subway logo on the front and I didn't alter the colors of the Subway logo at all and it really does just match perfectly. They went with a green and yellow that's... But you're right, it looks really cool. It until does. you Until you think about Subway and then you're like, ah, maybe I should go get a tuna sandwich or, you know, give me a club. Somebody somebody <laughs> put, put a picture of the Canucks one next to a Sprite can. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's great. I did not see that. That's... That's oh a yeah. good analogy. Yeah. Which How do you feel I, about the Canucks jersey? Well, you have it down here on awful, which first of all, I shame did. on you. Shame on you. It's not awful. It's I, I it's really good minus no what, you know, the logo. The logo is current and we, you know, like I'm bored with the logo. Do some oh, it's it's their worst logo. It would have been nice to see the flying skate or like I would everyone's been begging for them to do a Johnny Canuck logo and for those Johnny Canuck is their alternate logo. They have it on the shoulders, they have a couple variations of it. They have like a skating lumberjack with a hockey stick. They have like a sideways picture of his face coming out of a V with a beanie on, but they have some cool Johnny Canuck logos and people have wanted one for a long time, so I was hoping they would be brave enough to do it. But um I think the flying skate would have been cool in blue and green because it's you know kind of iconic and associated yeah. with their their black and yellow colors so um mm-hmm. i was a little disappointed in that but overall i like that they have the faded concept that they used to have with their uh blue and maroon but doing it with the blue and the green i do really like that they uh that they're kind of bringing that together yeah um i'm glad they brought it back again for their fourth jersey it's super weird and to bring back their old color fade jersey is bold it's it's a choice yeah. Uh, but yeah, if they'd use a different logo, I might have bumped it up a bit. Yeah. Do you and, have uh, thoughts about the St. Louis Blues jersey? You know, I I can't figure out how I feel about it. I uh, <laughs> I think I like it. It's it reminds it definitely. I, I it makes me think of the the '90s Blues when they had the big the sideways kind of diagonal thing that all the teams used to do for a while there, and it had the mm-hmm. red on the bottom, and it's inverted. So. Um, it's definitely different for them, and uh, you know, like you keep saying, for a fourth jersey, I'm, I think I'm into it. Um, I wouldn't want mm-hmm. to see see him wear it more than just a couple times a year, but I think I think overall, I think I think I'm into it. I think I really like it. My main problem is that their name is the Blues and it's red. <laughs> <laughs> a little weird, but I do like it. Yeah. Speaking of, and then our, our expansion rivals, Vegas. I'm not a fan of their red ones. Their red ones? No. What do you What don't you like about it? You know, maybe it's just I'm 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 not used to they're they're too new. I'm not used to any of their logos yet. But their their secondary logo on the front is kind of a 
to me, it kind of looks like one that like one of the logos you pick out when you're customizing a team on NHL 21. <laughs> you know, it just kind of seems yeah. like a logo that that you just it just doesn't jump out to me. Um, and it's uh, you know, and then with the red is a good accent color for their color scheme, but having like red as their main color with them like the green and the gold right below it and the black, it just kind of kind of clashes. Doesn't really flow to me. Do you like it? I put it in not good in my tiers. Oh, I guess um, I'm looking at your tiers right now, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they tried to be different. You know, use your secondary logo, sure. Make mm-hmm. it a different color, red. But, yeah, I don't know that I, what I would have done different. But looking at it, it just didn't really work. They, try, they tried. They tried, and I give them credit for that. I love the Eagles ones, the scre- the the Screaming Eagle logo from the '90s with oh, uh, the, with the current cut co- with the current colors, the caps. Yeah. Yes. Did I say yeah, Eagles? Those red ones. You did. <laughs> I love. It's I an love eagle the on the front. It's okay. I, I, there's a big eagle on the jersey, so give me give me a break there. Uh, um, but uh, plus the Hawks play the Eagles next, you know. So, but either way, yeah, the caps. <laughs> I I love I love the caps one. Those are sweet. Okay, but you hated the Sabres, the size of the Sabres logo. The Caps logo is huge, too. Oh, man, that is a big logo. But the logo is so much cooler. The logo is so much cooler, though, you know? Yeah. Like, it's big, It's big, but it almost feels like it needs to be big because it's such an aggressive eagle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Still got a tiny I don't know. That's how, I, that's how I'm justifying it. Yeah, no, I I like I put the Capitals ahead of the Sabers, but I like the Sabers a lot more than you like it. Maybe maybe it's not so much that the logo is big. Maybe I just hate this that logo the Sabers are using. So because all the logos are big on these jerseys, I just <laughs> it's just really right in my face how much I don't like it. Well, they're the Sabers, and it's a picture of two Sabers. I don't know what else you want. The Sabers will be interesting to watch next year. They have Taylor Hall now that for one year. He's a free agent when the Kraken are going to be looking. Yes, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to keep our eyes on that one. Taylor Hall was two years ago. He won the Hart Trophy at the Most Valuable Player Award. Mm-hmm. And he will be a free agent just three years later when the Kraken get five days ahead of time to start signing free agents. I think. Isn't I think it's right? just two days. I think it's just forty. Is it hours. Two days. I think it's just okay. two days. Well, before yeah. free agency starts, Seattle gets to start negotiating two days before yeah. everybody else. Taylor Hall's on I, a weird list. I saw a list, and it was like a couple of the guys I hadn't heard of. It was players that have won a Hart Trophy and never received a vote in any other year. Oh, that is weird. Yeah, I'll have to look <laughs> it up. Yeah, it was it was really weird. I was like, what a weird stat, yeah. and I I don't know if it's really one you you want. I mean, he won the that's, Hart Trophy, but a good Hart Trophy is the MVP in hockey. By the way, folks, that's the that's the big one. Wait, did Henrik Sedin win the heart? Yeah, didn't they both? No, Daniel never won. Oh, they both won the Art Ross. Won. I think they won the scoring yeah. title. The yeah, they, back they won back. the Art Ross back. I think back. Henrik won it once. Yeah, I I would bet that he is on that list, and he didn't receive a single vote the rest of his his career. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. He's really good. I love the Sedins. They're absolutely delightful to watch. But I would bet that he only received a vote that year. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, while we're talking about jerseys, what would you do for a reverse retro for the Seattle Kraken? Reverse retro. I mean, honestly, I think yeah. what would be what would be the good idea would be to take the uh, the old uh, the Metropolitan barber striping, barber pole striping, like they kind of have, mm-hmm. where the Metropolitans, you know, their old jersey from a hundred years ago that everyone sees the pictures of is the the green, the red, and like the off white. And how he used to just stripe down. Yeah, yeah. But just use, you know, the red, obviously. But use the uh, the, the deep sea blue and the ice blue. Use the dark blue and the light blue instead of the green and the cream. So it's just... That'd be fun. It's striping like an old, like 100-year-old jersey. Kind of like the, the Senators did a few years ago for their alternates. Um, they had a big O and they had the striping with the black and the red and the off-white. But uh, use the Kraken colors but do the old school striping. I think that would be a cool concept. And then, you know, you could just, you know, you could just use the S because they used to just use the Kraken S instead of the old uh, Metropolitan S. Yeah, that would work. I remember when they released their, uh, the announcement video for the name, they showed flashes of the Seattle Metropolitans from back in the day. And there's one quick frame where it has the new style S on the chest of an old Kraken jersey. 
So they could absolutely do that, and it would work perfectly. An old Metropolitan jersey? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that... It'd be fun. I'll see if I can find it again. That uh, yeah, that 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 is that is kind of something I would go for. What kind of uh, what kind of concepts do you would you think of? No, that's pretty much exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> good thing, good thing have, you asked me if first. you're doing a reverse retro, the only retro thing that Seattle has would be the Metropolitan. So you got to do the the barbershop striping, uh, and then most of these jerseys are like old jerseys with new colors. So you do your new colors. You've already got an S in your new logo, so you just replace the S with a new S. It's it makes itself. For sure. I can see them. I'll go make it an NHL 21 later. (laughs) Yeah. Like we talked about (laughs) the last one, I could see them, uh, I can see them obviously doing a red one too. Like some of these other teams, a lot of them were using uh, alternate colors. So I could see them just, you know, doing, doing red and, uh, and maybe, maybe doing something different there. That'd be wild. Should we move on? Should we play Remember That Guy? Yeah, let's play Remember That Guy. That's a fun one. All right, for those who don't know, my brother has a mind like a steel trap when it comes to a bunch of random sports knowledge. So every two weeks, every episode, I'm going to throw out a random figure from Seattle hockey history, or maybe just hockey history in general. We'll see where it goes, and see if you can remember a fun story or stat or anything about that with them. All right, are you ready to play, Jeremy? I am ready. All right, do you remember Paul Ferrone? Yeah, I remember Paul Ferrone. Paul Ferrone <laughs> is a he's a he's a friend of the Morse household. Paul. Paul Frone was a friend of Tori Di Roberto, who Tori Di Roberto lived in our house for four years back in the in the nineties and played on some good Thunderbird teams. And Paul Frone lived around the corner, so we we got to know him pretty well. And he was a the rare case of a of a of a big tough guy and not so not not a big tough guy body. He wasn't small, <laughs> but he definitely wasn't like your big six four enforcer. He was more like the I think he was like five ten or five eleven. You know, he was, a, I think so I think he was, you know, he was, <laughs> he wasn't a, a huge guy, but he definitely was not afraid to fight anybody. Um, I mean, I, one of my memories that jumps out right away when you say the name is he fought Zdeno Chara in juniors. Zdeno Chara, <laughs> who, you know, a hundred years later is still playing six, hockey. Six, uh, nine, six, nine, all six, nine of them. And back, back when Zdeno Chara played, he played for the, the Prince George Cougars and, he was he was a prospect, but he was not a great skater in his junior days. You'll hear a lot of people talk about how far he's come in his skating ability in his career. It's pretty awesome, uh, pretty amazing for him. But um, in those days, he was he was so big and tall that he kind of had a huge target on his back because all those junior kids wanted to prove themselves. They would fight the biggest guy, biggest guy that had ever played junior hockey. So it, he was always getting challenged and. Paul Frone fighting him was so funny because he just had his head down, just throwing blind punches upwards, just trying to just hold like on to your up life. and down, <laughs> just just doing anything he could. Um, there's another story that uh, that I remember from about Paul Frone going on to the Portland Winterhawks bus to challenge oh, the whole right. team to a fight after a game. Uh, there had been a a chippy a chippy game and some things had been said and i don't know what caused it we were a little young but i know our our, our dad has told us the story that uh uh tori told us when he got home that paul had gone on to the bus when port before portland was leaving key arena and stood there challenged the whole team and they all just sat there like nobody moved nobody said anything they were all didn't like, they, like give him the finger there. too like flip him a, didn't he flip him a double bird <laughs> i think so i think that's how the that's how the story goes it's hard to say these things get exaggerated the further time true. goes on but at, at the 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 most that i can remember is that he went on to the visiting team's bus and he was he was ready to throw down with all of them about whatever had happened absolutely insane it's insane i remember i was actually I read some stories leading up to this. I went and I fell down a rabbit hole looking up Paul Farone and trying to see what I could find. <laughs> and I looked up Paul Farone's Zdeno Chara, and there's some articles about Chara. It's mostly about Chara because, you know, he's the one that made it big. He's in the NHL. He's still the captain of the Boston Bruins. And there's articles about Zdeno Chara's entering the WHL with the Prince George Cougars. And in it, I believe it was his Zdeno Chara's first game that Paul Farone came up and fought him. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, but the article I read was like, Chara was welcome to the league when Farone came up and challenged him to a fight. And I'm like, okay, well, he's a foot taller than Paul Farone. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. I'm sure it's he a did pretty, just fine. It's a pretty gracious welcome. Like, hey, yeah. you know, can you just, just throw this guy off to the side, go sit on the box for five minutes, and you're good. Yeah. By the way, I looked I'm... up Farone, in, according to HockeyDB, he's 5'11, 185. Okay. 
That's about that's about right where I remember him. I remember one time we were yeah. playing street hockey, and he pulled up and he just stopped his car in the middle of the road and got out and he looked at you and you were like seven years old and he like had you throw your gloves down and got into like a little pretend fight with you right in the middle of the street. That was so funny. Paul God, he was my favorite good... player at the time too, man. That was so fun. Yeah, one of the, the weird things I learned about having all those guys live with us over the years when when our parents were Bills was. The, the the toughest guys on the ice were always the nicest guys off the ice. Just the absolute, yes. The absolute the sweetest. Best. Like, the guy that lived with Paul Ferone, Tony Mohagen, do you remember him? Yeah, he was, he was a monster. On the ice. He, was, yeah. he was 6'4", 6'5". He was, looked like an enforcer, and he mm-hmm. acted like it, and he would fight anybody, and he was a tough guy. But he had, like, the... He, he talked like Mike Tyson. He had, like, the soft, like... Uh, <laughs> He had like a soft, he had a very soft voice and he was the most polite guy we had ever met. And he was always like calling like our parents, like ma'am and sir. And he was always just so, so polite. And uh, I feel like, you know, every tough guy we've ever met has always been the nicest guys we've met. Yeah. Well, was, uh, Zach McKenzie, was he, was he a Thunderbird? Who am I thinking of? Zach Fitzgerald? Fitzgerald. Why am I thinking of McKenzie? Yeah, Zach Zach Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. He he falls into that mold. (laughs) Yeah, he falls in that. He was. I remember. I remember he knocked a guy out once, and didn't he like tap on his helmet with his stick to like see if he was awake? I, that, sound, that sounds. That sounds. That sounds Zach Fitzgerald. Super nice guy off the ice. Just yeah, the greatest yeah. guy. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, good times. We had, we had a Dion Lasso with us for one year. He's the only tough guy that ever lived in our house. And uh, not the other guys weren't tough. You know, if they're if they're listening out there, you're all tough. But uh, you know, the only ones that would drop the gloves on a regular basis. And Dion was so weird. He'd come home and he would just like have black eyes and missing teeth. And he was just like, you know, how was the game? Oh, it was good. You getting a, you know, gotten a little scrap. No big deal. <laughs> Dion, he wore number three, right? He wore number the, three. Dion the Lassu Dion episode. FNAF episode. <laughs> D- Why did I say FNAF? Dion Lassu. <laughs> All right. Speaking of episode number three, let's get to some movies. What movie did we watch this week? D3, The Mighty Ducks 3. All right. Each week, we're going through a a hockey movie, picking a player we'd like on our expansion team. But first, let's discuss The Mighty Ducks 3 and what it tells us about hockey. What do you remember about this movie? So I think you actually – I I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I've seen it enough times I should know. So you can correct me. I think (laughs) it's fresher fresher in your brain. But uh, So in D3, the kids are now growing up. They're off to high school. And they uh, they get sent to uh, to a, a boarding school. They get sent to a private school, private school thing, a, yeah. a private school, and uh, still out there in Minnesota where they where they they play good hockey out there. And so they're getting hockey scholarships to go to this private school. Um, not quite everybody, but most the most of the players in D two are getting these scholarships. So they go. Um, they they're all freshmen, so they start on the JV team because they have a varsity and a junior varsity team. And since they're freshmen, even though they're fresh off a gold medal at the goodwill games they uh they're 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 on the junior varsity team to start while the varsity team you know welcomes them and Mm -hmm. they seem to have a back and forth with the varsity team at first that is friendly then it turns less friendly and a little more intense and they start to pull pranks that escalate on each other um (laughs) they end up playing uh a game without any refs or coaches all on their own accord and the varsity team rolls on them um Mm. And then at the end of the movie, the big climax is they they go head to head in a, a game they do every year in front of the whole school, um, where the Mighty Ducks do their Mighty Duck thing. Is that about right? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, which seems wild to me that some school pits their varsity team against their JV team once a year. Does that, <laughs> yeah, it's just a recipe for disaster. It's like a tune-up game, right? I like, mean, yeah, I, I guess if you tune up against your own school, I don't know how, how that I don't works. know why also, you would do it against your own school. Also, a big difference in this movie, Gordon Bombay sort of sends them off, but he does not join them at the school. They are now under new new leadership. They have a new head coach. It's good for them. They're under the Kevin Constantine <laughs> of, of, of high school hockey. What's his, Kevin what's his name? Uh, his name is... I forgot. Ter- not no, not Terry O'Reilly because that was Ted from O'Ryan. Happy Go I wanted to say that same thing. It's oh, it's Ted O'Reilly. Ted O'Reilly. Ted, Ted O'Ryan. O'Ryan. Yeah. O'Ryan. Ted O'Ryan is their coach, and he's the first real coach that this team gets. Thank God, because they need it, man. He's a no-nonsense, no-nonsense guy, and like I don't he. 
He literally says after Conway scores his first goal, act like you've been here before, which I personally hate, but this team <laughs> needs it just a, just a little bit. They need to be just take it down a little bit and like guys you need to learn some fundamentals you can't just go out there and mess around each practice you have to actually practice some things and he teaches them things and he teaches them defense Conway can't play defense and he plays defense in this one <laughs> yeah i i the only thing i have against the coach is as we talked about in our original our, our original podcast episode one we're pro selly we're pro selly here we're, it's hard to score yeah. goals i know we might have done it before plenty of times mm-hmm. It doesn't make it easier. So I am not, you know, the first time I saw this when I was younger, I wasn't a big fan of the coach. As I've grown older, I, I understand where he's coming from. It's a little bit of tough love and they do need it. So he he is giving them what they need. And I mean, good Lord, the kids do have to learn how to play defense at some point. You can't just, you can't just keep hanging your team out to dry. He also makes the correct decision by playing his best goalie. Finally. <laughs> God, he he has it takes him one practice of Goldberg just looking like Goldberg just dicking off and Julie the cat goes in and just makes a save on everybody and he's like, "Well, Julie the cat Gaffney is my starting goalie because she's so much better than you Goldberg." It's like, "Oh, yeah, that's very clear. Start the good goalie." So good on him for that one. It's a pretty low bar, but he still crosses it. I'm proud of him for that. He also recognizes right away that Charlie Conway cannot score. Like, yeah, oh, he scores in that, like, little <laughs> scrimmage or whatever in their practice. But, like, uh-huh. he recognizes right away, like, you should play defense because you are a liability up front. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to teach you how to play You're going to kill some penalties. <laughs> he he becomes a very good penalty killer. And, you know, that, uh, yeah, I, I think that's another good move on his part. So, the coach is, the coach is uh, Ted O'Ryan, and he's uh, he comes in clutch here in this movie for him. Yeah, you know who's missing from this movie is Jesse Hall. Yeah, they disappeared one by one. And D two, his brother Terry's just not there, but Jesse's still there. And yeah, then in which D3, is wild that uh, like two brothers and one of them just disappears with no mention in the second movie. But in the third then, one, both Hall brothers are gone. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, my my theory on that one is Jesse Hall was working on his baseball career. He was the pitcher in the Sandlot. And at the end of the Sandlot, they say he made it to Triple A ball. So you know, by high school, he just you well, know he turned into a one sport star and just started focusing on pitching. Yeah, you can only play one sport, I guess. That makes sense. So he went with baseball. That's not the choice I would have gone with. But, yeah, I respect it. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you could have one player from D3, who are you taking? So I get – yeah, it is is my pick. I get to pick first this time. We're all I think that's right, right? Yeah, I picked first in D1. You picked D2. So I'm getting the first pick in this one. So um, I have Adam Banks up front. I have Julie the Cat in net. Um I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take my first defenseman here. Yeah, who's gonna be? I'm a little nervous about it because I, I feel like the analytics would say he's a liability on defense, but he can also score a goal from anywhere on the ice at any given time, which is so valuable. I'm taking Russ Tyler, Keenan Thompson. There you go, <laughs> Keenan and the puck. knuckle puck. Come aboard. <laughs> That's that's a good pick. I respect that. And you know what? The analytics actually say offense is generally more important. So that's I think that's a good I think that's a good pick. I I'm, I mean I, I guess it. I guess the analytics probably would say a guy that can literally score from anywhere because of his shot is probably pretty <laughs> valuable. Yeah, we'll see how well the knuckle puck actually does in the <laughs> league though. <laughs> All right, so that's that's who that's who I'm taking, Dan. Russ Tyler joined the team in D two. They keep him around for D three with the scholarship, so he's still on the board. He is, he is not anymore. So who, who are you taking? All right. So I've got a couple choices here. I've narrowed it down to two, I think. I almost went with Luis Mendoza, who you mentioned on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Speedy guy. Mm-hmm. Goes real fast. Beginning of this one, though, their first practice, he still can't stop. So Oh, he forgot how to stop. He learns how to stop, but it's very hit or miss. So you know what? I'm I'm done trying to teach a kid how to stop by like I don't know how many years he's been playing hockey, but you got to know how to stop by now. So instead, I'm taking Guy Germain. Okay, double zero. Guy, double zero. It's a <laughs> it's a bad. I hate that. I, I hate wearing double zero. It's a stupid number, but that's okay. We'll fix it. We'll we'll convince him to wear 88 or something different. You know, uh, Guy Germain. He's been with us all three years on the Mighty Ducks. You know, just a plug and play guy. I think he's like a. He's like a second-line center, you know. He's not their top-line guy, but he could score goals. He can score some goals when Charlie Conway goes down or, yeah, gets tripped up in D1, the very first Mighty Ducks. 
and the ref tells him anybody on the ice can take the penalty shot, the whole team says, let Guy Germain take it. So I'm like, all right. So everybody knows he's their best player aside from Adam Banks. So I think he's just improving and improving, and he's going to be a solid role player on this team. He's going to be my center. Guy Germain, I think he fits into the Nate Thompson mold. He could work. Kind, yeah, he could that kind of player, penalty killer. Plays. Uh, he's more. He's more of a bottom six guy, but he's a. Uh, he's definitely valuable. So I. Uh, I respect the pick. I think he's got some goal scoring upside. Also, fun fact: if you've been watching the Mighty Ducks along with us, the kid who <laughs> plays Fulton Reed and the kid who plays Guy Germain are brothers in real life. Uh, also, another fun fact: uh, Gunnar Stahl from the second. <laughs> Mighty Ducks movie, who is the star player of Iceland, is Iceland. the goalie on the varsity team in Mighty Ducks 3. Now, he has a different name, so he's playing a different character, but same actor plays Gunnar Stahl in, uh, in D2, as well as playing the varsity goalie in D3. Absolutely the best. There's only so many like low-level actors that know how to play hockey, so you know what? You gotta pick and choose. There's only so many actors that know how to skate. That's have true. You, have you ever seen Goon? <laughs> have you ever seen russell crowe try to skate in mystery oh, alaska God. We'll, we'll, get, the, we'll get there those are those are on the on pod pods to come in the future we'll we'll, we'll get to those movies all right now we have we both have our teams we'll post a list of our teams we're going to keep this running when we get up to uh at least a full starting lineup we'll we'll start judging who has the better team all right moving on let's play Squidwards. let's do it in case you've forgotten, here's how things work. This is where we each challenge each other to define a hockey term, either slang, stat, rule, anything along those lines, so that we can all better understand the lingo of hockey as we head into 2021 for the start of the Seattle Kraken. Jeremy, will you define the word dangles for the people out, out there? Dirty dangles, boys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you play any of the NHL video games and you create a player, you can be a dangler. You can be a dangler. That's and, true. Uh, yep. If you've wondered what that is, that is somebody who's got really good hands. Dangles are, uh, are, are, are they're like, they're like deeks. It's like somebody that's just good with stick handling. So if you have good dangles, you are somebody, um, you know, to take somebody off your movie roster, Dwayne Robertson. He has yeah, dirty go. dangles. He can the cowboy. he can handle the puck. He can he can make some good moves. Um, if you if you are coming down the ice on a one on one and you sort of go through the defenseman with a nice a nice stick handling move, those are those are some good dangles there. What player would you tell people to look up if they want to see what a, a, a an example of a dirty dangle would be? Ooh boy, there's some there's some good ones out there. Um, I mean, Matt Barzell for the local love. Matt Barzell's hands. If you look up a video of Matt Barzell doing warm-ups, and it's it's pretty oh, yeah. freaking cool. He like the stuff he does with his with with how fast he moves his hands and handles the puck. Um, and another local boy, TJ Oshie. I mean, he flips the puck up in the air and catches it and warms for fun. He does all kinds of cool stuff with it and warms as well. And he's like the best all time in shootouts and you know, literally got famous as a hockey player from a shootout in the Olympics. So uh, those are the, the, the local danglers. Um, and then, you know, another, you left another American, Patty Kane, Patrick Kane, can, dirty, dirty dangles on him. I think my favorite is Pavel Datsuk. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pavel Datsuk with some, with some good moves and another Pavel, Pavel Bure. There you go. Yeah. The uh, Russian fun, rocket. Oh man. Dirty dangles for days. All right, Dan. Uh, let's yeah. uh, let's let's have you break down another rule for the folks, so they know what icing is, they know what offsides is. Um, another one that's kind of confusing because the play just kind of stops sometimes. Hand pass. Hand pass. All right, this one's pretty self-explanatory if you just look at it. It's a hand pass. You can't pass the puck with your hand. So what that means is, you can knock down the puck with your with your glove with your glove hand. You're not allowed to close your hand on the puck. That's against the rules. But if you knock it away with your hand and your teammate is the first person to touch the puck afterwards. They'll blow the play dead. That's a hand pass. They'll do a face off. Um, the exception is in your own defensive zone. You can knock the puck away with your hand to your teammate and break out of your zone that way. That's totally okay. As long as you're not closing your hand on the puck. That is correct. The yeah. Only, the only thing Nailed about it. doing it. In your, yeah. The only thing in your own zone is you have to hit the puck in your own zone and they also have to, the other person has to touch the puck in your own zone. 
So right, if you're you inside your blue out. line yeah. and you hit it outside the blue line and someone on your team gets it, then that is a hand pass. But once you hit it with your hand, if another team touches it, the hand passes off. If you touch it yourself yep. next, the hand passes off. Mm-hmm. So it's just if it goes from your hand to someone else on your team, can't can't do that. This is not basketball. <laughs> That's right. All right, Jeremy, let's give him one more one more one slang more. term to define. Can you tell the people what lettuce is? Oh, lettuce. A good old good old head of lettuce. So uh, <laughs> every year the uh, the Minnesota high school hockey tournament gives us beautiful Oh, there you lettuce. go. There's a video that's been coming out the last couple of years and it's pretty go google it if you want. They uh, they have an all hockey hair team and uh, it's obviously a thing now on the internet and obviously the kids in Minnesota know about it because I mean, come on. These kids show up with the the most ridiculous haircuts. Um, lettuce Full is just lettuce. lettuce is just a is just another word for for good hockey hair. Just like a, like like more of like it's going to be long hair, you know. Obviously, um, it's not going to be someone with shorter hair, but you know, some good hockey mullets. Patrick Kane for the playoffs will do speed lines on the side of his head and give himself a good mullet. Um, but lettuce is just a, an, an alternate word for uh, for for some long, beautiful, flowing hockey hair. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Thank you, man. Phil Cas- Phil Castle has probably the worst lettuce. He's, he's, losing, <laughs> he's losing lettuce every day. It's the hot dogs are going straight to his hair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, um, another T- TJ, since he went to Minnesota for that high school, he's he's kept the lettuce on. He's got he's got a good flow. Yes, he does. He's got the flow. <laughs> all right, man. Is there anything else we missed you want to talk about? No, man. That's all. That that's all. That's all we got for this time. I think that about covers it. If you guys want to keep following along on this podcast, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, anything like that. You can also find us on Twitter at the squid pod. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Morse with an underscore at the end. Jeremy, where can you find you on Twitter? At Jeremy Morse with an underscore at the end. Why is that? Because that's how NHL Seattle does it. And if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, be sure to tune in. Two weeks from now, we'll have another episode for you where we take another crack at it. Go crack it. Thanks for listening.